Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 84 of the Love Life Connection podcast. All right, the big day is here. I have been getting tons of emails and comments on Instagram and direct messages and all those things. When's the next Date Yourself Challenge? When's the next Date Yourself Challenge? Well, we are starting the next Date Yourself Challenge on Monday, September 11th, and you can sign up for it right now. You, all you have to do is just go to veronicagrant.com forward slash Date Yourself Challenge and sign up. So if you have been an alum of the challenge, then I encourage you to sign up again because I am changing a bunch of things around this time. It's not going to be anywhere close to the same as it's been before, but it's going to be better. And I think you're going to get more out of it. So I'm super, super excited. And if you are new to the challenge, and you haven't done it before, then you definitely have no excuse to not do the challenge. So get your butt over to veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge to sign up. So a little bit about the challenge. It's seven days. It's 100% free. And the whole idea of the challenge is kind of what it sounds like is to do things for yourself to to date yourself so that you can really build the relationship with yourself so that you can then have that relationship with other people. I truly, truly believe that other people will not fix your problems if you're feeling lonely or sad without a guy or think that a guy would make you happy. I truly, truly do not believe that that is possible. I think it has to go the other way around. It has to start from the inside and then you can make your way and then it makes its way to the 
outside to your outer world. So it starts with you. So if you have a pretty crappy relationship with yourself, maybe you're talk shit about yourself, maybe you're mean to yourself, um, there's a pretty good chance that you are attracting guys that kind of reflect that kind of energy who maybe don't respect you who don't treat you right. As you've heard from the first three parts of my epic love story, that's kind of how it was for me for many, many years. I didn't have a lot of confidence or self-respect, and I didn't really have a very deep, solid connection with myself, and that was totally reflective in the guys that I was attracting. The The guys themselves might have been perfectly fine guys, but they weren't emotionally available for the relationship that I wanted, so I ended up getting hurt again and again and again. So if you can relate to any of what I've shared with you so far in this epic love story of how I found love, then I encourage you to join the Date Yourself Challenge because the Date Yourself Challenge really breaks down some of the very, very specific things that I did in my own life to turn myself around. Now, if you don't really know me yet, then you haven't heard my happy ending, which I do have a happy ending, although I don't really believe that my love story ever really ended because, you know, we're still together. So it's still a work in progress. Um, But, you know, for the purpose of this story, you will hear the quote unquote ending and I'm teaching you everything that I know how I got there inside the Date Yourself Challenge. So again, to join, go over to veronicagrant.com forward slash Date Yourself Challenge and sign up there. All right, so let's move to part four of how I found love. And again, I will say it, I said it before and I will say it again. If you haven't listened to listen to parts one, two, or three, I highly, highly recommend you listen to those parts first. But if you really don't want to, that's okay. Just know that it's gonna be like watching a standalone episode of Friends or How I Met Your Mother, and you're not you're gonna kinda know what's going on, but you're not really gonna get it because you haven't seen the other episodes. Um yet. So it's kind of the same thing here. So to check out those other episodes, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 81 for part one, or episode 82 for part two, or episode 83 for part three. And also wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it's on iTunes or Stitcher, just scroll down a few episodes and you will see the previous parts there as well. All right, so a quick recap for those of you who are going to stay with me for part four, just to give you a refresher in case it's been a while since you listened to part three. So previously in part three of How I Found Love, after hitting a low point, things in Charleston were beginning to look up. I loved my new city, I had a great job, and I quickly developed a great group of friends. And I dated someone for the first time that was respectful and actually wanted to be with me. And I found new confidence that allowed me to dodge a bullet from another guy. All right, so let's go on to part four, aka when Obama calls. So after almost two years in Charleston, even though I loved my friends, I loved the city of Charleston and the life that I had built really from the ground up. Remember, I had $3,000 in the bank when I moved to Charleston. It wasn't even my money. It was my leftover student loan money. Everything that I had built and created and the trips I'd gone on, it really started from scratch. I had did, did that. I had done that all myself with my own blood, sweat, and tears. 
And so again, like I said before earlier, or the last installment of the series, my job really was great, except there was just no room for growth. And when it did come to single Jewish guys, the pickings were slim. And I had a couple other relationships that were very brief that I didn't tell you here in this story, but they really didn't have a lot of significance. I don't want to bore you with every single gory detail. But overall, the pickings were slim. And so just a number of things all bunched together. I was just really itching to leave. But I had no idea where to start. And I've said before, I I really wanted to be in a place like Chicago or DC or New York, just a place that had a large Jewish, a young Jewish population. But I didn't really have that many connections with people in the cities I was interested in living in. And I also really didn't know how to leverage the connections I did have to network and find a job in a brand new city. I just, I didn't know what to do. And I was, I was feeling really stuck. And it was 2011 when I started getting the itch to wanting to leave. So it wasn't too long after the crash. The economy wasn't great, but it was slowly puttering along. So there weren't a bazillion jobs either. So it was still a situation where there was probably 50 or 100 people applying for the kind of jobs, you know, or per position for the kind of jobs that I was applying to. And then one day I had the worst migraine ever, like just horrible, horrible migraine. I couldn't even drive home because I, I just, it was so much pain. I couldn't be outside in the sunlight like that. So I closed the door to my office and I turned the light off and I laid down on the floor to take a nap. And when I woke up, I had a missed call from Wilmington, North Carolina. So just a little geography lesson. Charleston is on the coast of South Carolina. It's on Highway 17. And if you drive up 17, gosh, I don't know, about a couple couple hours, you'll be in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now, even though I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina, Wilmington's actually a good six or seven hours from Asheville. So I didn't know a soul from Wilmington. So I was very intrigued, like, who the hell would be calling me from from Wilmington? And the person had left a message. And I couldn't exactly hear what he was saying. But I was like, I think he's saying he's from the Obama campaign. And he wants to set up an interview. And I was like, how is this happening? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Again, nothing really happens by by chance or out of the blue. I had been a superstar volunteer at the local Planned Parenthood in Charleston. I had gone to lobby on the hill or not the hill, but in the capital um, in Columbia, South Carolina. And I had gone to some rallies and I did phone banking and all sorts of stuff for them. So apparently this had gotten my name on a potential hire list for the Obama campaign. And within a week, I had a job offer to move up the road to Wilmington, North Carolina to work for Obama. Now, yes, I'm a young millennial and Obama and the hope message. I totally, totally wrapped up in into that. So this job was beyond exciting for me. But I knew for my for personal reasons, it definitely came with some serious setbacks. So Wilmington was an even smaller town than Charleston, had way less Jews, and I knew from the beginning that my life would be the campaign. And so I knew dating in any serious way probably wasn't going to happen. I would be living and breathing the campaign, or so I was told, which ended up being true. But I saw it as a way out of my job, and I knew the job would be temporary. I'm like, okay, so can I put can I put dating and getting into a relationship off another year, do this job, you know, get some more things on my resume and build some connections within the campaign that could land me potentially a job in DC or New York or something like that, which of course is where I wanted to be. 
So on day two or by day two of my new job, I learned just how grueling life was going to be on the campaign. My day started around 9 a.m. and really even earlier as the election approached and didn't end until at least 9 o'clock, but finishing at 9 o'clock on the dot was a rarity. And this was seven days a week. The only time I got off was Sunday mornings. Now, one thing I haven't mentioned yet in this series is that for most of my adult life, I was always trying to lose weight. Now, to be clear, I was never actually overweight. In fact, I was pretty physically fit. I had taught fitness classes for many years. I had worked out ever since high school. But I was obsessed with counting calories on my fitness pal and working out every day. And a big reason for that is a part of me believed that all of my dating problems and relationship problems could be solved if I lost just five pounds. Now, said out loud, I would have known that's not true. But I very distinctly remember looking longingly at what I would call, quote unquote, a skinny girl thinking, oh, my God, I bet she can get any guy she wants. She has no problems. I mean, it's it's crazy, but that's literally what I would say to myself. So, of course, a part of me believed that my dating problems could be solved if I lost just five to ten pounds. But being on the campaign was the first time in my life that I wasn't really dieting or wasn't trying to lose weight or counting calories. And mostly that was because there wasn't time for that. I didn't sleep much. I was lucky to get home before 11. I was up bef- you know, before 7 bef- to get to work by 9. Exercise was a luxury. If I could get away in the afternoon to exercise, I did. And I ate what I could. And when you're on the campaign, that usually means fast food, whatever the volunteers bring you, which is usually pizza and cookies, maybe some brownies, or just something super quick I could make in the kitchen like spaghetti. I lived and breathed a campaign. I used to actually crave, especially when we got towards the end of summer and early fall, and I would be canvassing or doing something like that, and I would just crave what it would be like to sit on the couch and just watch a movie with nothing to do but relax. You know, all those people's homes that I was I was knocking on their doors and they were just sitting at home relaxing. I'm like, oh my God, I want to be you so bad right now. And I would crave or fantasize about what it'd be like to go to a happy hour at 5 p.m. rather than have to phone bank every night from 5 to 9 p.m. So I was working all the time and I was exhausted. And then November 6th came and went. And just like that, everything was over. And for months leading up to the election, I had fantasies about the day after the election. I'd finally have nothing to do. I could just sleep. I could just relax. I could just do nothing. And just the simplicity of that was what I wanted so, so bad. I was literally drooling over it. Being on the campaign, I had never experienced exhaustion and constant sleep deprivation like that in my life. But despite that, I just thought once the campaign was over, I would just veg for a week and then would be able to bounce back up and get back into my normal routine. And I'd feel totally normal and fine, just like I did before I started working on the campaign. So I was back in my mom's house, probably by mid-November or so once things got wrapped up. And I was still tired. I had no energy for anything. Looking back, it's kind of ridiculous to think that everything would just go back to how it was before the campaign. But that involved counting calories and being scared of food and exercising all the time. And at that time in my life, I just had 
no energy for that, especially considering that I needed to find a job. So a lot of my time and energy that I did have was spent for looking for a job. Now, in Charleston, I had had some friends who were vegan. And they posted all the food they were eating. And I remember laying on my couch or my mom's couch, I should say, in my mom's house, stalking the crap out of what they're eating because they were just posting all the time. And maybe it was because social media was newer then or that's when being vegan was trendy or posting what you're eating was trendy. I'm not really sure, but I was stalking the crap out of what they're eating. And the food looked so amazing. And I was surprised because I'd not, I'd been a vegetarian off and on for a good part of my life since high school, but I was, I had never been a vegan. In fact, you know, cheese is its own food group. I love cheese. I'm not a vegan anymore, by the way, but at the time, what was really so intriguing to me was their relationship to the food they were eating. So yes, they loved the taste of it, but they were getting a full sensory experience out of the food. They literally were glowing and energized from the food that they were talking about and posting about and then eating. And food for them wasn't something to be feared or something to be counted. And that seemed to me what I needed at the time because that seemed doable. Having that kind of relationship, something that actually energized me rather than just drained me of energy by counting the calories, that's what I wanted in that time. So I decided I wasn't going to diet anymore and I would just be like them and be a vegan. Now, again, at that time, I thought, you know, my way to get to that relationship with food that they they had that I wanted, I thought being vegan was the only or at least the right route at the time. I think there's lots of ways and I and I like to believe I still for the most part have that type of relationship with food where I really do feel like the food that I eat can make me glow or feel energized, but I can do that without just being a vegan. But at the time, that's what I needed. I needed something to follow to help me change my relationship to, or I needed a plan to follow to help me change my relationship to food. And so that's what I did. I became a vegan. And the thing is, is that the end of dieting for me had been the one missing piece since my healing year with my therapist. And in fact, we didn't really talk about that that much because I was so dropped with the emotional stability or my emotional stability with my past relationships. But body image and believing I just needed to lose five more pounds was something I never really resolved until I was literally just too tired to diet anymore. And eating food that I loved and making it a full sensory experience and making it fun and creative and figuring out fun ways to make a vegan grilled cheese or a vegan... um I don't know, cheeseburger or whatever, was was so fun. And it was an incredibly profound way for me to practice self-love because I wasn't battling the count- calorie counter. I wasn't doing jumping jacks in my living room so I could, quote unquote, afford a glass of wine. I wasn't battling my body anymore. I was just simply nourishing it. And the food felt nourishing and it served me in a way it had never served me before. And it was a super welcome change, it was a very welcome change, but I'll be a little bit weird for me too. And as I was going through this food transition of being vegan that fall after the election, I had finally gotten what I had hoped for for years, which was a job offer in Washington, D.C. So I packed my bags, got an apartment, and started my job in D.C. with one goal in mind 
Find a nice Jewish boy. And that's exactly what I did, but not without a major setback first. So more on that next week and my fifth installment of How I Found Love. And before I let you go, I just want to remind you about my upcoming Date Yourself Challenge. Many of you have been asking for it, and I'm so thrilled to tell you that you can sign up now over at veronicagrant.com forward slash Date Yourself Challenge. Again, it's totally free, and if you've done it before, it's completely reworked and changed. So I'm so excited to invite you in all the alum and all the new women listening to the podcast. I can't wait to get to know you more and to help you do the inner work that you need to do in order to attract the outer love that you are longing for. So again, the link to join is veronicagrant.com forward slash date yourself challenge. And I will see you next week in my fifth installment of how I found love. See you then. Thanks for listening to the love life connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.